I'm Chastity Holcomb, a wife, mother of two, a licensed therapist, and a lover of all things laughter. After having my girls 13 months apart, I questioned, yo, where did the old girl go? But slowly I accepted that I was being formed into someone new. I've grown to know this new version of myself and love her unconditionally. I created the Momfully You podcast to give you simple strategies that I've used as a mom and therapist to help you do the same. If you're looking to connect to your identity outside of your role as mom, and you want to learn how to make space for you in your life, you're in the right place. And while I'm so thrilled to have you here, I want you to know that this podcast is not a substitute for seeking support from a licensed mental health provider. I think you're going to like it here. So keep listening because we've got some things to talk about. Well, hello there and welcome back. Today, we are going to be talking about the five steps that I believe are essential when it comes to connecting to your identity after becoming a mom. Guys, talking about identity is one of my favorite things to do. Um, I am all about getting to the heart of who people are. It's just one of my favorite things to do because I believe that we were all created um, to be our full selves, our unique selves, and there's there's a reason why we are who we are. And so I just love talking about that. I just do. So you'll get a little bit of that today and, and why I believe that that's so important. Um, but before we get there, I wanted to do just a quick check-in. I know that for me, um, these last couple of weeks have been crazy. Um, it has been a combination of, you know, the anticipation leading up to the election, the anticipation after the election. Um, and then you pair that with all of 2020 and, you know, what she has brought to us, the unveiling of social injustice and COVID and changing things around last minute and this kind of boomerang of like, we good? Oh, we not. We good? No, you're not. Um, so I hope that wherever you are, that you are doing well and you are taking care of yourself. Last week, uh, during the election week, I had vowed to not watch the news, which I don't watch the news anyway, but I for sure <laughs> was not going to watch the news during election week. And I also had decided, you know, I'm going to spend as little time on social media as I can. And that's what I did. And the night before the election, my, uh, I went to bed. I didn't, you know, I wasn't checking for any numbers or anything like that. And anytime somebody tried to post something, I was like, nope, not looking at that. I went to bed. I woke up Wednesday morning and I'm like, babe, who won? And he's like, nobody. And da, 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 da. he's, you know, he's going off talking about all of the stuff. And all I could think about was you mean to tell me that this is not over. I got to keep you know what? <laughs> so maybe, maybe you were like me. Maybe you're still there. Maybe you're coming off. But again, I hope that you are doing well wherever you are. And so it it has been just a crazy, exhausting, stretching, and tough year. Um, but we will eventually get through this. We will. So before we jump into the five steps that. Um, that I believe are essential to connect into your identity, I want to first tell you why this is so important. If you think about a well, 
Um, we don't really operate in, in wells as much as they did back in the olden days, you know, because we have modernized ways of getting our water, um, or they're not as traditional as they used to be back in the day. But if you think about a well, it is best suited and operates and functions well when it is connected to its main source. Um, it thrives when it is connected to its water supply, um, what makes it kind of go around, right? Um, when it is not connected to its water supply, it's dry and it ain't working. It's not, it's not giving to other things and other people because it is not connected to its source. And it's the same thing when it comes to you as a mom. You are not able to function at your best when you're not connected to your source, when you're not connected to things that fill you up. Um, because when you go to give, and sometimes you might do well with giving, but eventually it catches up to you and you find yourself burnt out, frustrated, irritated, because you are giving from a place that is not well connected to your water supply. And so it's so important for moms to practice this ongoing connection to themselves, ongoing self-awareness, um, and just connection to things that are important to you, like putting you on your to-do list. And we'll get to all of that, but it is so important for, for us moms to really be able to connect to ourselves and love ourselves. Um, one of my favorite things to tell moms is you love you your best when you love you first. Um, and it's just so true. It's one of those things that it's like, oh, that's nice. I can write that and print that and put that on the wall and look at it. And it's just cute on the wall. But it's so true that you give your best love, you give your best giving, you give your best um, gifts, your best talents and purpose when you yourself have poured into yourself and love that as well. So when it comes to, you know, not being able to, uh, or refusing rather to give into the mom culture that you must be self-sacrificing in order to do this right. Um, that, you know, it's all about them now. And until they grow up and get out of the house, you just need to focus on them. And while, yes, you do need to pay attention to your children and you need, do need to be able to connect with them and love and pour into them, um, but you are just as important. Um, and I think that sometimes we believe that it's either one way or the other. It's either I love my kids and I'm giving my time and space and energy to them um, or I'm being selfish and I'm only caring about myself. No, no, no. There is room and space for you to love them and to love yourself. So let's just go ahead and jump right into step one, which I call, doo -doo -doo -doo. <laughs> that was a little weak. Let's try it again. Doo -doo 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 -doo. There we go. Acceptance. <laughs> I think about um, how it's so important for us to accept that things are different now that we are on the other side of motherhood, now that we've had kids and um, we have some experience with motherhood that things are different. And sometimes it's hard to think about this difference in a good light if you hadn't had the opportunity to grieve what that difference is. And I think grieving, I think acceptance is the intersection of grieving 
what has been lost and showing gratitude for what has been gained. Um, you know, when you think about grieving your autonomy or your free time, your ability to, if you're anything like me, browse around the aisles of Target, living your best life, one sip of water at a time, you know, maybe that's something you grieve. That's something I grieve. Can you tell? (laughs) Now, granted, I still go to Target, but I am not able to just spend hours in there and just do it loosely without planning for it. Um, but maybe for you, it's different things like the ability and time to be as creative or focus on your career as you were able to do before you had children. And creating that space to grieve what you've lost opens up your ability to create space for you to have gratitude. Um, It's so crazy that the brain is set up, the amygdala in the brain, which is houses all of our um, emotions. It's set up in a way where it's kind of like, you're gonna feel all the feels, okay? If you wanna be happy, you gotta feel some sad feelings too. You know, if you wanna feel the good, light, fluffy, airy, the things that you wanna feel, you've also gotta feel the uncomfortable um, feelings that, you know, you really don't wanna feel. It's all in one. It's like an all or nothing thing. Um, And the quicker we are able to create space for experiencing and feeling all of the things that come with our transition into motherhood and even past them being little, right? This is an ongoing transition, an ongoing adjustment. Um, The quicker you are to just allowing yourself to, you know, to, to grieve and say, you know, I miss this about my life. I miss that I just can't have quiet time, like cultivate quiet time when I want to, that I have to actually have a five-step process to get some quiet time these days that it looks so different, right? That difference. And so if you're able to do that, then you're able to say, but you know what? I have gained this new patience. I have gained a new way of loving people, my little people, that I didn't know existed. I have this ability to manage, even if I feel like I'm not doing it well, but I'm managing a house and my role at work and um, my relationships. Like even though so sometimes those things feel like they might be falling or you know not 100% all the time, I'm I'm doing some new things here that I didn't think were possible. Um, and that may look different from you, uh, for you than it looks for me. Everyone is different, but really kind of taking that time to reflect on what is it that you feel like you've lost? Is it creativity? Is it autonomy? Is it fun? Is it just quiet time? And what is it that you feel like you have gained? Strength, patience, love, connection, um, a community, right? Um, reflecting on those things is so important um, and feeling both of those things is so important when it comes to connecting to your to your identity. And so, all right, we, we've done some acceptance there. Now we're going to move right along to discovery. Um, discovery is, I like using that word versus rediscovery because again, you're different. You're not the same person after you've had children 
than you are before. You're a different person. So we can't like rediscover because that causes that tension. And it makes you feel like you're you're never going to be X, Y, and Z because you're comparing yourself to the old version of you. No, no, no. I want you to be fully invested in the you that is now because she's important and she's worth knowing and she's worth the discovery um, of you getting to know her. And so one of the ways that we can discover um, ourselves and where we are at this moment is through our values. Values are things that we hold most important to us. These are things that are non-negotiable. Um, and oftentimes we can look at the things that we grieve, that we miss, um, because those will point us to our value sometimes, because you're not going to miss something you don't value or that you don't care about. Right. And so if you have a hard time thinking about, oh my gosh, what is it that I value? Um, if you miss your alone time, maybe alone time <laughs> is what you value. And so really kind of digging into things that are so important to you, those things that you couldn't live without, the things that make you feel alive. Is it respect? Is it, um, again, more time? Is it your creativity? Is it your ability to have community and um have that time to to have grown-up conversations <laughs> with your community. Um, what is it that you value in yourself, in your relationship, in your parenthood, um, all of that? Taking a deep evaluation of those things can really help you because there's a clash that happens when you are not aligned to your values. And the quicker you are at identifying what's missing, the quicker you can acknowledge what you want and find a way to put it back into your life. You know, um, which kind of goes back again to the grieving versus gratitude, right? You can kind of easier see like, well, this is missing and this is how I can put it back in my life. When you see the root of it, when you see the value that is attached to that. And so we have talked about, um, the acceptance and we've done a little bit of discovery and so now we go into step three which is auditing this might be my favorite of all of the steps because you get to rip some things apart and also add some things too but when i think of auditing i imagine auditors that come in uh to a company and, you know, they come in to check to make sure things are up to code and uh, they help help a company function at its best. You know, their their job is to come in and say, this is not working um, or keep doing this um, or this is something that we think you can improve on. Right. They're trying to come in and help you function at your best. And so. Again, they're taking things out, putting things in, moving it around, um, making sure that protocol is working. I remember um, I was working at a hospital and it was a really, really big deal um, for these auditors that would come in maybe like once a quarter or so, maybe twice a year. I can't really remember, but um, they would come in and they'd be walking down the hallway all suited and booted and they'd come in and people would know it was then they would flash their badges and people would be all scared and hiding in closets because they didn't want to talk to him um, because they knew that they were there to do business 
They knew that these auditors, they weren't playing. They were going to take some stuff out. And so I love thinking about auditing your life in this way, you know, pretending that you are an auditor and you are coming into your life, coming into your mind, coming into your relationships even, and taking out those things that are not serving you well. Whether that be the way that you're talking to yourself, some of those relationships that just are not it, they're not jamming anymore, they're not serving you in this season of your life, um, whether it's a job that's just not hitting it right now, it, you know, they're not respecting your, your attempt to balance, whatever that is, um, <laughs> your, your role as a mom or a wife or partner or um, and your role in your career. And so um, it's really taking a look at like what's not working well, what is working well, and what do what's missing and how can I put those things back into my life? Um, so again, it could be negative beliefs about yourself, your um, what you are able to do, what you're not able to do, as well as some of those unrealistic expectations that we've placed on ourselves or other people have placed on us. Don't, you know, don't get me started on society's expectations of what a mom should be doing. Um, and all of the things that moms feel pressured to show up as, whether that be body image or, you know, again, the, the, what they should be doing in their home and how they should be spending their time, whether that comes to their their kids or in their relationship, like all of these unrealistic expectations, that ain't it. They are not it. Um, what about, you know, a lack of boundaries with friends or family or job again, you know, it could be those boundaries that hold us up from living a life that we hold to be, um, that works for us, right? That connects us to our values and what we want to see happen in our life. Sometimes if we look at our boundaries, we can see that "Mm, when this person asks me to do this, or, uh, you know, um, this person keeps inviting me into this conversation that I don't want to have and I feel uncomfortable about it, but I don't really know how to set a boundary with it, right? So check in even for that, like um, the lack of boundaries or the lack of um, positive beliefs about yourself and the way that your life is going, like all of that, all of it (laughs) needs to be audited and looked at to see what's working and what is not. Um, Just now I'm thinking of this song. I don't know who it is. I'm really bad about um, the names of people. But uh, there was a song called You Need to Cut It. You need to cut it. (laughs) But after you have cut it, don't forget that you also need to put in positive things. Um, And this kind of leads me to uh, step four, which is embracing Um, When I think about this, my mind cannot help but wonder and go to um, the doctors placing my girls on my chest and just feeling this warm embrace of knowing them, even though I just met them, just knowing their sweet little precious bodies and, and knowing them and loving and accepting them fully. 
right? Just even with all of that, I call it cottage cheese. I know it's not, that's not the medical term, but I call it cottage cheese. I was kissing all on them. I didn't care. I love that. I love them in that moment. And it's the same, that embracing, that's the same thing that I want for myself. I also want that for other moms to practice this ability to Embrace who you are right where you are, not waiting until you get to a certain weight, not waiting until you get to a certain time period or you achieve a particular achievement, um, but right where you are, embracing that girl because she she deserves that love and, and that acceptance and that embracing, right? And so kind of knowing all of who you are and defining your own standard of beauty. I know that this is difficult because we live in a society where companies are literally made and designed to come after moms who have just delivered. Um, You post a picture like baby's just here um, and you're going to get an ad somewhere (laughs) within within the 24 hours you know, ad for a Spanx or these new diet pills or, you know, snapping back or whatever um, company is coming after you because there's this stigma that you should look a certain way in order to be worthy of, of being seen as beautiful. And I don't like that. It's a lot of pressure. It's too much pressure, especially for moms to feel that they have to look a certain way in order to be worthy. Or, or in order to be, you know, enough or okay. And so I know that this is hard. I know that this, you know, me saying this takes time. But again, it's a practice of doing this. It's an ongoing connection of doing this. But defining your own standard of beauty um, and identifying your strengths and what you do well. I had one of the members in Momfully You Academy um, and she was going through the courses in there and And she was just kind of being honest about, um, it's hard for me to kind of look at my strengths. I know that they're there. (laughs) My kids tell me all the time. My husband tells me all the time. I know that I have strengths, but it's hard for me to identify that that actually is a strength. Again, because there are these um, expectations, unrealistic expectations that you should be doing things this way or it's not right, right? And so clinging on to those things versus um, what you actually are doing well. And so if you find yourself struggling with things that your strengths are things that you're doing well, ask around or think about those times that people have complimented you on things and maybe you've struggled to accept them because you kind of don't believe that it's true. But you keep hearing this thing over and over again, right? Like, oh my gosh, you are so good at organizing. You are so good at encouraging. You are so good. You are such a good cook. You are so good at going after anything you put your mind to. You are great at, um, you know, making people feel welcomed in your home. Like those are strengths. Those are things that um, you have somehow honed in on and made them work for you. So I would say like, if you have a hard time identifying what those things are, just, you know, thinking them up, ask around, ask people, what do you, what? Or just, you know, think about other conversations that people have had with you about the things that you're good at. And then learning to love your imperfections, or what people have made you believe are imperfections. 
um, but learning to to love those things. I remember being uh, very young and not really liking my teeth because I have a gap. And um, I would always ask my mom, like, I want to get braces because this ain't it. I don't like (laughs) my teeth. And um, of course, I did not get braces. I guess my mom was like, I don't have the money for that and I'm not doing that. So (laughs) actually, I do remember we did go get like, um, we got, I forget what you called it, but fitted, I guess, for it. And then the dentist was like, you don't need braces. So I was like, see, I told you, your teeth are perfect. (laughs) But anyways, I eventually got over that, right? That me having a gap was um, an imperfection. It wasn't an imperfection. It was just how I was made, how I, my teeth came out of my gums and that was okay. And so whatever your thing is that people have made you believe are imperfections about yourself, dig into that. Why do I believe that that's imperfect, right? And even if it's something that I don't love right now, I can at least walk towards this acceptance that, okay, this is, this is where I am, you know? And that can come up with a lot of different things. I mean, then kind of this last form of embracing is being kind to yourself, even if you don't feel like you deserve it. We moms can be so hard on ourselves, um, again, amounting what we do using that meter um, that society places on us as our goodness or our enoughness. Um, but being kind to yourself, even if you don't, you're not feeling, even if you're not reaching that meter of where you think you should, in quotations, be. You know, being kind to yourself, the same kindness that you extend to your children, your partner, your friends, extend that to yourself, even if you believe that you don't deserve it. Because over time, as you build that muscle of being kind to yourself, it'll come quicker and easier and you'll just kind of find your rhythm. Will it be perfect? Nope. Not saying that. Will it be easier? Yes. Yes, it will. Telling your things like, I love who I am becoming, or there is value in everything I do, or I love myself just as I am today. Those affirmations, those appreciations for where we are helps with things. Um, And so say that to yourself, come up with your own, write it down, put it on your mirror, put it in your dashboard, although we're not doing much driving in the year of 2020, but you know, put it where you're reminded of it to be kind to yourself and then practice it over and over because, you know, you can embrace your unique ability and what you bring into this world. Everyone was made to be unique in the way that they see the world, um, the way that they give to the world, the way that they love the world. And so um, once you have embraced how you do that and who you are, you are now ready to commit to yourself, which is step five in this process. Um, there are tons of ways that you can show up for yourself, but today we're just kind of going to be talking about um, committing to yourself mentally, physically, and spiritually uh, through those avenues of, of health. And so it's good to have one or all, whichever you choose, of these things 
um, to be a part of your daily or weekly practice. Now, I know that the mom life is the busiest life there is. I live this life and I understand. So there's no pressure, right, on days where you're not able to check off one or all of these things, but more so of like an awareness and an opportunity to serve yourself in this way. So when it comes to your mental health and committing to your mental health, you could do things like monitoring your self-talk. That kind of goes back to being kind to yourself, right? If if that inner mean girl, my inner mean girl's name is Bertha. Bertha, what you doing here? Why are you trying to tell me that I, that I need to feel guilty for having some alone time? No, I deserve some calm space to think, let my brain air out, <laughs> do some things that I want to do. Bertha, sit down, okay? So monitoring that self talk and being kind to yourself. Mental health can also look like reaching out to your support system, whatever your support system is, whether that's your friends, your family, your partner, uh, going to therapy. Now I'm a therapist and so I will always advocate for therapy um, because I think that it can be so supportive and helpful along your journey. Um, And then there's physical ways that you can take care of yourself. Simple things like Um, keeping yourself hydrated, stretching, resting, actually sitting down and not doing anything for 15 minutes. I know that that's hard, but it's so worth it. We, and I'll probably do a whole podcast on this. Um, we have to be just as focused and give just as much attention and, um, effort to resting as we do um, into doing, because oftentimes that's how burnout happens. We've just had our foot on the gas for so long that when it's time to rest and sit out, we don't know how to do it. What do you mean I have an hour? What do you mean I have some time? What am I gonna do? I'm gonna do something else. (laughs) No. Um, Building in a practice of rest is something that I am actively chasing. And by chasing, I do mean like running hard force. (laughs) That's one of the things that I want to really hone in on in on um, 2021 is this idea that rest is a form of productivity. Um, But yes, like being able to, to do that helps for sure with your physical health. And then spiritually, how are you caring for and committing to yourself spiritually, whether that is incorporating your faith into your daily or weekly life? What are some habits that you have in place that help you feel connected spiritually if that's something that is important to you? And so if you're anything like me, you write things down, whether that's in your calendar or physically taken out pen and paper, and you 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 scratch out that grocery list, you write out you know your your uh, plans for the weekend or for your work day. Um, and I love all of that. And I also know that oftentimes everyone and everything gets placed on that schedule except for you. And I just can't sit back and let you do that. I just, I don't want you to do that. (laughs) So I want you to get in the practice of putting you back on your schedule, putting you back onto your calendar. And you can use these three categories, ways that you can care for yourself, right? That mental, physical, and uh, spiritual categories to help you come up with ideas 
of ways that you can, you know, commit to yourself in that way. Now, you definitely want it to be reasonable, nothing out of the wazoo, because if it's unreasonable, like I'm going to spend two hours frolicking in, in the fields, ma'am, you're not, you're probably not going to be able to do that. And so I want you to be reasonable so that it feels more attainable for you to do. So there it is. There you have it. My five steps to connect into your identity, which is acceptance, discovery, audit, embracing and committing. And because I couldn't just share these tips with you, I created a free 16 page workbook (laughs) called the You're Worth Knowing Workbook. And it helps you walk through all of these steps um, and help you even come up with a plan right at the end to commit to yourself, not just for today, but for the long haul, because we don't want these quick one hit wonders. We want something that's going to stick to your bones and carry you through a life that's sustainable for you. So go ahead to momfullyyou.com slash workbook. Again, that's momfullyyou.com slash workbook to grab your copy today. And before I let you go, I just want to say you are definitely worth the commitment and you are definitely worth knowing. You've been listening to the Momfully You podcast. And if you've liked having me all up in your ears, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can be the first to know when a new episode goes live. And if you're looking for more support, you definitely want to become a member of Momfully You Academy, my private online community to help you reclaim your identity and fully love the authentic version of yourself. Every month, you get access to me, a brand new course, downloadable action items, and a monthly live Q&A call to help you go past learning and into a lifestyle. Sound fun? Find out more at momfullyyou.com. I'll see you inside. Thank you for listening. And until next time, take care.